0: Welcome back to Porsche Club Insider episode two. I'm Voogwen, I'm your host for today and welcome back. I'm happy that we're able to do a number two episode here at uh, Five North Main Podcast Studio in Bel Air, Maryland. We have Manny Albin, PCA's technical director. We have Damon Lowney, PCA's digital coordinator. And on the line we have, who do we have on the line today?
1: I don't
2: know, oh. Who do we have on the line today? Mr. Where, Rob Sass. Did he get his car back yet, or is it still somewhere in Rhode Island?
0: The, so, uh, so the I the I see, I saw a I said that with a question mark because I wasn't sure he made it home. You made it home, so congratulations.
1: <laughs> no, in point of fact, I
0: didn't. <laughs> you did not No. Oh, boy. Do tell, do tell. No, 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 no. I bailed out. It was out of an
1: abundance of caution. I, plus, I had I had Brad Phillips uh, in the chase con of 3-2 Carrera, which, you know, obviously was not going to break. But, uh, yeah, and stop-and-go traffic on the, the Merritt Parkway, uh, the fuel pump started getting really, really noisy. And if anybody's ever been on the Merritt Parkway, it's gorgeous. But it's this 1930s vintage first attempt at a limited-access freeway. And there's no shoulder anywhere, so if you break down, you're blocking a lane, and, and, you know, it's a bunch of people trying to get back from, you know, their, their homes in Connecticut back to the city on a Sunday, so uh, I left it uh, at, a, at a shop that a friend recommended uh, in uh, Westport to uh, uh, get things checked out, and as it turns out, the fuel pump was kind of on its last legs, the fuel filter was clogged up and everything else, so... It was a good thing that that uh, uh, that, that you know we we uh, executed Plan B. So, so, so for, those you, the, the, for those of you,
0: for those of you have not listened to episode one of our podcast, we are not talking about a Porsche because he would not have these concerns if he were in a Porsche. We're actually talking about let's see, lack of a better judgment purchase, well, a TBR. And,
2: and a sketchy, I, I hate, sketchy
1: to, say <laughs> with you, I hate to interrupt you, but the piece that, that failed on the car. Is a Bosch fuel pump. Oh, you're gonna throw hard do not, number.
2: Don't do even try even to throw shade on, on Bosch your, uh, compared to
0: <laughs> English parts.
2: <laughs> First, he's trying to blame a highway that uh, was the problem. Now it's uh, a German part that uh, was on an
3: English car.
1: I'm, I'm uh, just saying it was a Bosch fuel pump with with you know the last three digits and the part number were were nine one one. So <laughs> I don't know.
0: All right, let's get back to Porsche content. We've okay. been. We've been uh, off the air, so to speak, for about two weeks. A lot's been going on. Um, Let's talk about last weekend. Last weekend, a few of us were in different places on the East Coast. Manny, you were at Boardwalk Reunion. and I was at uh, Treffin in Wisconsin with Rob. So let's go to Boardwalk Reunion, Ocean City, New Jersey. Ocean City, New Jersey, not Maryland. This is a dry town,
2: which is family friendly. Uh, my wife loved it. She was, uh, it was her first time uh, to the other Ocean City. And uh, it's a very, very cool event. So Bob Gouillard and Ellen Beck uh, run this from Zone 1 and Zone 2. It's uh, open to any Porsche. I don't think you have to be a member even to uh, participate. And uh, they had about 350 uh, Porsches. Everyone met at the uh, local municipal airport, and that was like a two and a half hour cars and coffee, um, where they uh, people just hung out there and waited for everyone else to show up. And then there was a police escort from the uh, airport, short drive to the boardwalk. And I got to tell you, that's probably the uh, the highlight. Uh, Uh, for anyone who's ever done a caravan like this because uh the police bring you on the boardwalk and and when you get on the boardwalk you feel like uh you're in a peloton of the tour de france Mm because there's people lined up on both sides of the boardwalk and they're snapping pictures waving and these aren't uh family members of the Porsche owners these are people just coming for the
0: day the public going out to the beach because this is a it's a quaint little town i mean during the summer obviously it's fully busy, but at this time of the year, most places are closed and people, locals are really out on the boardwalk or it's kind of a quiet, quiet town now. And for us to bring 350 some cars and place them on the boardwalk, like it comes to life, but it comes to life with just a Porsche theme. Yeah, it was uh, a life
1: as much as any dry town can.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I
0: was making jokes yeah. about
2: that. And I think Bob was getting uh, tired oh. of him, uh, even though he doesn't drink. Um, but it was a, yeah, it was a very well-run event. The weather held out. Uh, they called for rain later in the afternoon, but uh, it didn't come to late evening. And it was, uh, you know, they had a lot of the uh, beachy places to eat on the boardwalk open. Funnel and, cakes. Well, you know what stuck in my head was uh, there was a pizza parlor called Manco Manco, which they have them throughout the, um, every beach town has like the one pizza place that's repeated every 10 blocks from the boardwalk. So my wife and I sat at the bar, which I said, it's not the bar because there's no alcohol. It's, uh, it's a counter. Mm-hmm. So we sat at the, at the front counter, and we watched these two guys make pizzas nonstop. They must have made about 30 pizzas. Every, every two minutes, they had a pizza going into this, and it wasn't your traditional oven. It was like a, a big Lazy Susan with five levels, mm. and uh, there was about 30 pies in this thing, and there was another guy, and all he did was take them out. And they they sell what they call half baked pizzas, where you know you finish baking them at home. Yeah. They had a line of about twenty five people constantly what? out on the boardwalk <laughs> ordering slices and full size pies. It was a. Uh, well PCA probably made their quota for at least the week. Yeah, yeah. I think we brought a lot of pizza eaters so. Yeah. So wow, 300- well, since I'm a fan of half baked
1: cars, this sounds a good place for me.
0: <laughs> you do have a knack for half baked cars. <laughs> yeah, but you can stick yeah. your T V R in that. the oven and make it all better. Yeah. Yeah, that could that could be your own <laughs> podcast, Mr. Sass. Half Baked Cars with Rob Sass. <laughs> so three hundred and fifty cars. Uh, anything caught your eye? Uh, they had a 51
2: uh, or 52 split window, maybe 51, Ooh. Uh, 356. Uh, that was very, um, it's always great to see a split windshield, 356 in black. It was, um, I, I would love to see them when they're uh, they're organized by a model. But, you know, some people like the mix where when you walk down, you always discover something new. So, yeah, it was a great, there's no trophies, no, uh, no judging or anything. It was just park your car and hang out. I think no we got booze. To the, no, no booze, no booze. Uh, although there was booze at the um, banquet afterwards, but not in the, not on the boardwalk. Weren't there like seminars or tech sessions? Yep. There was uh Peter Smith uh, talked about, um, I think what it takes to buy cayenne. Pedro, when was talking about, uh, the door panels for the 991s nine ones that are coming apart, which a lot of nine nine one owners had no idea about this, and when they heard about it, they were all very curious as Preview to what that of meant. What to come in your car? Yeah, yeah John patrack uh, talked about the barn finds. It was, um, yeah, it was something uh, for everyone there. It was yeah. a good good day. Cool.
0: Well, let's get a little technical, just because you you brought it up. The the delamination of the doors, there isn't a like an official factory fix, so. I guess Pedro has figured that out, or some other. Porsche never
2: makes mistakes, so it's not officially a uh, a problem. (laughs) Um, Evidently, from what I've been uh, what I've heard and been told, uh, because of uh, regulations with the environment and whatnot, the um, the adhesive has become like a water based, Uh and so it's not lasting as long, especially in climates where it gets really hot, because heat and adhesive don't go well because it loosens up the adhesive. And uh, so this is what's happening with these door panels. They're starting to warp and pull up, and it it does not look pretty. So a lot of Pedro, uh, Pedro retired. His son took over the garage, and uh, after he retired, he started getting phone calls from dealers, he said, who had all these uh, used cars where the door panels were delaminating, and they asked him if he could still fix them for them. And so now he has a side business just fixing about 15 door panels a day, he said.
0: I guess regulation of materials or chemicals in a lot of ways have made some of the newer cars inferior to older cars. Like I know older cars, materials last a long time. Glass was glass and you know, I think of Cayennes. Yeah, nothing example.
1: like a like a 944 dashboard uh, in terms of, of long lasting. That's the one thing though that you, uh, you don't see as much of. What's that? Badly cracked dashes on, on newer cars. That's
0: true, that's uh, true. Have you, have yeah, you
1: ever but, seen a 996 with a cracked dash?
0: But new, newer cars, newer cars, you have falling headliners all the time. I mean, uh, all right. I have a cracked dash and a cracked
2: IMS bearing.
1: Yeah, or Dude, you know, the infamous nice. who was it Mercedes Benz in the nineties who did like the, the wiring harnesses that were supposed to biodegrade after. A oh certain yeah, of they were made
0: of like cornstarch, right? Oh, we don't want right. to kill, they, kill yeah, the you know, mice. Started, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, All right, okay, so there are some things they've improved
2: and other things well, they haven't. Well, this adhesive thing, it also affects the uh, headliners, uh, as any in owner. Yep. You know, the headliners yep. start coming out after a few years, and I think that's also attributed to not being able to I use that order. stronger uh, adhesive. So yeah, 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 it's a fine line between saving the planet and uh, getting your headliner to stick.
0: So there are a couple of events that you've been to, Rob, since we last talked. You went to... The, um, I guess the preview of the Boxster 25, and then you also went to see our friends at the Audrain.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the Audrain was a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, second edition of that, the 2020 uh, one was obviously canceled uh, because of COVID. But, yeah, it's in Newport, Rhode Island. And for a town that is kind of like the old money factory outlet, it's a really laid-back event, which is, I think, kind of a testament to Donald Osborne, a uh, good friend of ours who... Uh, uh did a story recently on on a nine oh four with twelve hundred miles on it. But yeah, it's a fantastic event. And I was judging the under thirty Porsche class, which as it turns out was five nine forty fours, all owned by twenty somethings who were just wildly passionate and extremely knowledgeable about transaxle cars in general. They're all pcrs I believe. And it was really, really hard to choose a winner. Um, you know, five great cars and I think uh, you know, just the fact that, that this class existed and that these guys were, you know, all in their 20s and, and, and huge 944 fans might make for a fun story in, in Panorama at some point. So uh, Audrain, a lot of fun. Same weekend as the Northeast Region uh, Porsche Concours, which also shockingly took place at another giant mansion in, in Newport. The, the Audrain is at the Breakers, which, um, you know, is a, a pretty amazing uh, venue
0: for, for any concours. Yeah, I was uh, I was able to go to the the first one. And you're right, like you talk about old money and the the cars that you see there. Some of them, they're they're absolutely gorgeous. And I have no idea what make or model they are. Lots of old money, lots of perfect condition cars. A lot of people are trying to compare it to, you know, is it going to become the Monterey of the East?
1: You know, it, it certainly could, but I don't know that that's what they're shooting for. Because right now, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's really laid back. It's it's um, you know, it hasn't gotten as large as some of the other events, which which works in its favor. Um, and again, you know, the setting is incredible. It's right in the ocean. All these these you know, turn of the century you know, robber baron mansions. I mean, it's just really pretty
0: incredible. One of the things that I've felt. That it wasn't a necessarily a bad thing, but it was something that I wasn't used to, and I don't know if it changed for this year because I didn't go. But the first year that I went, it was like you—you you know, no matter what car you drove. Actually, it, it probably didn't matter what car you drove if you were just a, a standard attendee, so to speak, and and you just kind of parked in a, a random lot and you were bussed to different locations or, or trolleyed or whatever you want to call it. And to me, I like rolling up to my events in the car that I've so you know prepped or whatever to represent PCA or represent Porsche. But at the Audrain, I felt like you didn't get to do that. Was it different this year or is it still? It sort of-
1: was a little bit because they had a massive cars and coffee at this um, like 18th century fort. And it was, it, that was fantastic because you got to roll up and, and what you drove, you got to check out everybody else's car. And it was sort of what you what you talked about with the boardwalk. You sort of, you know, drove this gauntlet of people looking at the cars and everything else. It's like six hundred cars or something like that. It, it cars and coffee. Wow, that's insane. Um Leno was there. It was it was a big deal. So that was a lot of fun. Um you know, the the trolley system I thought worked really well. Um it's a pretty compact town. It's not like Monterey where you're dealing with, with traffic on on, on Highway 1, and Carmel, to Monterey, the Seaside, or whatever. So it's all pretty compact. So the trolley thing works out pretty well. And it seemed like they opened a lot more parking lots um, on, on Mansion Road this year. So it all worked pretty
0: well. And I also think Audrain is quite the value in terms of... Um, you know finding a hotel or flying into tf green it's super you know southwest flies into there and um, right. flights are cheap and hotels are still
2: is, is very it like Amelia Allen, where you know 40 minutes away you can get uh oh yeah your Hampton
0: inns your holiday inns probably, probably 20, 20 minutes away 20 minutes away you can okay. find something
1: providence is only 30 minutes away you've also got the advantage you know trains work on the east coast or right. well, i95 corridor you know Amtrak works really well. And there's an Amtrak station in Kingsport, you know, which is maybe 10 or 15 minutes away. So you've got a, you've got a bunch of options that you don't have at other events in terms of transportation, in and out, where to stay. So that, that definitely goes well for the event.
0: Any particular car come to mind when you were there?
1: I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of... Uh, you know, it's, it's a hodgepodge of just a lot of incredible stuff. I mean, it was just really kind of overwhelming. There were Italian cars that, that I've never seen before. This coach built a barth, uh, I think, one uh, best of show that was just amazing. It's a car that I've never seen before in my life. I mean, it just stopped me in, in my tracks. Um, lots of great Porsches there. Um, you know, I wanted to drop in and, and see the uh, the twelve hundred kilometer uh twelve hundred mile nine oh four that we just did story on, but I never got a chance to do that. The next time I'm up there I wanna make sure that I see that. But uh yeah, no, it was uh it was fantastic. Really, you know, too much to, to even uh well especially when you're judging you tend to focus on on, on your class. Um but uh yeah it was it was it was fantastic. A lot of I mean the, the thing that I liked about it there were so many cars there that I've never seen anywhere else. So I think that's probably really? the key to, to putting out a really great Concorde, is getting stuff that, that that's fresh that, that hasn't been shown in, in a bunch of other places and uh, they they did that really I,
0: well. I think the Audrina is smart because people don't realize how heavy and how deep collections in the northeast go. People tend to think right people think collections are out in, you know, the west coast because it's just more visible I guess, but there are some there's some big money especially in the New York area, the northeast, Massachusetts, right. uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, there's some big. Yeah, and they, it they be more,
1: you know, they're more discreet about it, I think. Yeah. You know, it's it's old money and, and a lot of these cars are kind of, you know, cosseted away, you know, behind all the ropes or, you know, you just you don't see them. And I think the weather is a factor too in Southern California. You've got a year-round driving season, and Northeast, yes, we don't. So a lot of these cars get put away, and and you know maybe aren't taken out for the summer even. So uh, you've got that going
0: on too. Yeah, and I you know I, I don't envy the stress level that the Audrain has, you know, to put this on because Northeast weather can be hit or miss. I know the first year when I was there. It was cold. It had a little bit of rain. Some sun kind of came through, so it worked. Uh, this year, yeah. I think you guys lucked out with fantastic weather. Probably still a little chilly, but man, that's to to put on something that yeah, you know, big. The weather, and was, have,
1: the weather was gorgeous. The weather was seventy degrees and yeah. sunny and warm and everything else. And I think I think earlier I sort of used a word that that uh, um, you know, hodgepodge, which really uh, did not uh, uh, reflect. Uh, what was really a heavily curated event? It's, it's mm-hmm. not really. It was a kind of a poor of words on my part, but um, it's just you know the diversity of the cars there was was stunning.
0: So, how about your West Coast trip, the Boxster Twenty Five?
1: That was a lot of fun. That was uh, you know classic Porsche cars of North America press trip where. You know, they, they pick you up at the airport and drive you to a great hotel somewhere and put and, uh, on a program uh, with, uh, uh, you know, presentations, lots of technical details, of the cars that are there. And, and this one in particular was sort of, you know, kind of a love letter to the, the Boxster, which turns 25 this year and, and really saved the company. And, and Porsche um you know, makes no bones about the fact that, that they recognized that the company was in kind of dire straits in the early 90s and the Boxster was a really important car for them. So um, yeah, it, was a, it was a great lineup of cars. Um, uh, there was a, a Boxster T, uh, a GTS, a 4-liter GPS, and a couple of uh, Spiders. So, you know, pretty much the whole range except for the, the 2.5 4-cylinder uh, S there the only thing that, that was a little bit um uh, disappointing about it they had a they had a very very early the boxer i think actually that we had on display a parade uh, the, the very early car, car was there but i'd really i would have liked to be able to drive a 986 um you know on the same event is, is driving all the new cars it would have been really a fun way to put 25 years of progress into perspective so uh, the next time I'm out in LA, I'd love to borrow somebody's uh, 986 Boxster and go back up to the canyons over Malibu, same place that we drove the new cars and drive a 986. I think that would
2: be a lot of fun. Hey, Rob, wh- why were they uh, the 25th Boxster is already uh, anniversary Boxster has been out. In fact, we were at uh, Mikey mm-hmm. Mel's cruise and I took some photos that the owner had just took delivery. So, don't they usually do press trips for cars that are coming out, not uh, not already out?
1: In general, they do. This was kind of a unique thing. I think they just really kind of wanted to do something uh, for journalists that was really, you know, kind of a uh, love letter to the Boxster. So, yeah, all these cars have been in market. You know, the Spider in particular, we drove um, in Scotland a couple of years ago with the, uh, the new GT4. So, yeah, they're all cars that have, that have been in market. But, you know, quite honestly, um, I'd never been in, in, a, uh, in a Boxer T before. And that was a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed that car.
2: So tell us what the, uh, for those who don't know, you know, they brought the, the T used to be touring for the uh, 9-11, early nine eleven 11 a long hood. Right. But now it's associated with lightweight, right?
1: Right, yeah. And, and this one was, it's a, uh, the two liter four, it's 300 horsepower. Um, you know, it's got the nylon door poles. This particular car had uh, what looked like, like throwback, to throwbacks to like 80s pinstripe seats. So they'd they clock pinstripe seats. Um, it was just really, you know, uh, kind of a basic elemental feeling car that was a lot of fun to, to throw around, you know, like Latigo Canyon and, and places like that. Um, uh, you know, the canyons around like the Paramount Ranch and Malibu Creek State Park, you know, that area, if, if you know that, there are a lot of really fun roads up there. And it was a perfect car for that.
2: Were these all PDK or the uh, manuals? No, it was a, it was a pretty good
1: uh, mix. The the spider they had was a PDK. The uh, the, the four liter GPS uh, was a manual, and uh, that the T was was manual. So uh, it was it was about half and half. I, I spent more time in the manuals than the PDKs. I think
2: preference. Which one did you like for uh, around I really uh, on the street driving? A- Good time in the the T.
1: Um, I like looking at the anniversary car a lot. I think the um, uh, they tried to do I think colors that were reminiscent of the, the original concept car. So um, you know the Mac gold wheels, the silver, the boxster red interior. Uh, it was all great to look at, and and um, there were a bunch of tunnels up you know through the canyons and it's really nice to listen to the you know four liter naturally aspirated engine going through a tunnel I have to admit that but um but I really did like the, the uh the four cylinder uh T a lot as well
2: and so at speed let's say, say you're cruising on the highway did you get a chance to like to drive it on the highway at 70 miles an hour or were you just simply on the uh twisties the whole time?
1: We were on the twisties most of the time. Um, you know, we were on PCH for a little bit, which is four lanes, and yeah, I think it's, um, you know, when you get north of, of, of uh, you know, most of the, the sprawl of, of Malibu, I think it's it's marked 60 or 65. So, yeah, there was a little bit of that, not much.
2: And how much can you hear the uh, engine Regular highway cruising,
1: I, I mean, you really
2: can't. You know when, uh, you know,
1: and unless your right foot's into it, or uh, you know, just cruising. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Um, yeah, uh, you know, not all that much. I mean, especially if if you're not in in sport or sport plus mode.
2: Because I know the the four cylinder turbo has gotten a lot of grief. You know that it doesn't sound right. like a Porsche or it's different sounding than a flat six uh, normally asked well I mean
1: it, it, let's face it it sounds exactly like a Porsche I mean I mean, people who say that conveniently forget you know that the company made its reputation in racing in the 1950s and the 1960s with all oh, flat four cylinder engines
0: yeah that's a that's an old silly discussion I mean it really is I mean it to yeah. expect a four cylinder to sound four cylinder turbo to sound like a six cylinder is just as crazy as expecting a six cylinder to sound like a naturally aspirated V eight. They just don't. They have a right. totally just, different they're tone. They're just different. They're just different. Yeah,
1: they're, they're different, and that's okay. Um, you know, uh, yeah, going through a tunnel in 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 the GTS is nice, um, but. I frankly as is, is is an X914 owner I find nothing remotely objectionable about the way a, a four cylinder 718 sounds. What's interesting they drive
0: great. What's interesting is a lot of times I, you know, at, at Cars and Coffee's and I, you know, I go and visit the folks that are driving, you know, Subarus and other four cylinder yep. turbo cars, like they love how the 718 turbo car sound because they're familiar with right. it, right? And they don't have an expectation of what it should sound like and to them. And I honestly think they sound great, especially at the track when they're on full like screen, they sound pretty good. Yeah, was and, and
1: I remember you know, we made that we made that observation years ago when we were at the, the barber. Yeah. And most of the car the, the cars that we spent the majority of time in were uh seven eighteen Caymans. And uh, you know, honestly, if I didn't need back seats I'd probably be looking at, you know, at at a U718 Cayman right now. I I like the car a lot.
0: Now, having said all that about sound, like, if you read on different forums, like, this particular platform might be one of the first candidates for fully electrified sports car. Was there any discussion about that? I doubt it, right? But I have to ask. No. 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 Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) But you know what's coming. I mean... Yeah, there's there's markets it's, out there I mean, that they're not going to be able to sell a ice car and they still want to sell sports cars. So they're going to have to choose one platform to make it electric.
1: Right. And it's and honestly something that I fear. You know, I think uh,
2: fear. Why uh, do you I think fear? It's going
1: to be great. No, I said I, I don't fear. Oh, OK.
2: Yeah. I was about to say. I was yeah,
1: like, no, I, I don't at all. I mean, I spent a lot of time in, in the, the Taycan, which is an amazing car. And, you know, it's coming and, and, you know, I know when it does, they're going to execute on it really well. And the car's going to be, you know, it's going to be great to drive.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you and I were also, um, last weekend, we were in Wisconsin for the Treffen yes. in Wisconsin, which was a fantastic event. Shout out to the Fox Valley region and the Milwaukee region. Milwaukee region. And yeah. PCA's uh, Treffen committee, amazing event. Um, Everybody was there, full on smiles. The Kohler, you know, those of us that might be familiar—if you've renovated a bathroom or a kitchen—you're right. probably familiar with Kohler and and yeah. what they do. But I didn't realize how large,
1: on average, if you have you know their fixtures, you see their name ten and a half times a day.
0: Oh my goodness, that that place was amazing.
1: It was. I mean, you know, as, as you would expect. I mean. You know, the the bathroom fixtures, you know, the shower, the tub. My tub was like a lap pool, essentially. And, uh, you know, the shower was otherworldly. You know,
0: it was like an automatic car wash. You just stood in the middle and. Right. We're getting off topic. Exactly.
1: There's like the the rain (laughs) thing that's coming down from the top. They're like. You know, four different things on the sides of the shower. It was like, you know, one of those museums. There's like those laser, you know, uh, alarm things. like All the stuff, you know, crisscrossing the shower. It was really cool. But it was, Kohler was, uh, it wasn't still as a company town. I mean, anything that you do to your house aesthetically, the Kohler company has to approve. And the American Club, which is where we stayed, was actually built as housing for, for immigrant workers around 1918 at the the Kohler factory. So the whole place has an interesting history and uh, you well, know, the upper Midwest I don't think it's enough credit in terms of having great driving roads and being scenic and everything else.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that's the beauty of Treffen. Like I never would have thought about heading in that direction on my own and the folks in on the Treffen committee, you know, go out and seek these unique places and Honestly, it was amazing. The drives, the food, the venue. Uh, and let's right. not forget, we got to go to Road America. And I have, I've, I've driven Road America on sim racing probably hundreds of times. I've, oh, you've never I, been but on I've it, never too. I've never been uh-huh. on track. And that, yeah. that place is gorgeous. That is heavenly if you're a driver. Yeah, there's a reason oh, why yeah. uh, the,
2: whenever factory drivers come to the uh, Porsche Platz tents at ALMS races, uh, they're always asked, "What is your favorite U.S. tracks?" And without a doubt, they all almost unanimously say Road America. And they, tell, right. they well, say Randy, because it reminds them of the Nurburgring.
1: Exactly. That's what Randy Pope said. He was there. He said, "You know, it's like a little slice of the Nurburgring." And and honestly, you know, it's like it's like the perfect Nurburgring for anybody with an attention deficit. You know, for for me, you know, it's it's a, I think about plus but a quarter the size of the Nurburgring, and you can actually you know, um, the King, in Canada, Corner. you actually get to know the track pretty well. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic in this time of the year. It's particularly gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's one of the crown jewels of, of, uh, the Midwest, I think.
2: So uh, one of the, entr- the entr- entrants all got to do parade laps, which yeah. is not competition. Yeah. It's not uh, helmet's on it's supposedly highway speeds. Um, and you can drive what uh, what you watch on TV. You can actually be on that track.
0: Yeah, the a- the average Treffen attendee is not going to be someone that does a lot of D events or autocross events. You, you know, this is a a casual long weekend. But uh, for those folks yeah. to be able to take their car on the track, like it was a big highlight for them. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and the, you know the rest of the, the surroundings. That part of Wisconsin is full of, of charming small towns. I think one of the tours went up to Door County, which is, you know, just, you know, just kind of an overload of, of you know, of, of Roman Rockwell stuff. I mean, it it, mm-hmm. uh, it was really, really, uh, really nice. And, and uh, you know, the, the terrain is different. Uh, it's all basically... All this stuff was basically formed at the end of the last ice age, all these crazy moraines and and ridges and and, uh, elevation changes and stuff that you see at the track kind of uh, is, you know, along some of the drives that you do on the tours as well. And the fall colors were great. It was was really, uh, really memorable.
0: Speaking of sensory overload, Rob, did you get to go over to the folks at Throttle Stop? I did. Oh yeah. my goodness! For you guys listening, just uh, put in throttle stop, Wisconsin, and right. you can see some pictures in and, and their inventory. I mean, it's a consignment shop, I believe, primarily. Yeah. But the collection of cars they had there, you're like, how does this exist right. here? And I've I, I haven't heard about it, but maybe you have. For-
1: yeah, no, I mean, for somebody who loves weird shit you know, like, like myself, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, um, there was, uh, oh, gosh. Um, well, let's just, just start. M3 there's evolution.
0: Yeah, and there were uh, zero mile, almost zero mile, two career GTs, a silver one, a red right. one, um, a super low mileage, four GT. But probably right. the one that sticks out in my mind the most is that 2,000 mile Eighty four or eighty six Cadillac Eldorado. <laughs> oh, oh there were two of those. Oh, and there this was one with a stainless top, there was a
1: white one, and then tucked away there was a, a red one with a, st- a brushed stainless steel roof and like the button tufted red leather. Yeah, uh, those were. Uh, yeah, they they had was,
0: a they had a, cr- they had a Kramer nine thirty five, just parked yeah. up. I mean. Pucked away in Wisconsin. I'll take that, but the Cadillac. That's uh, you know, hate me if you want, but it was like a perfect. Who decides to perfectly preserve a Cadillac Eldorado? It's just the cool. Same people who keep
2: uh, K cars <laughs> perfectly the preserved. Eldorado Eldorado. And yeah. I, even, I
0: opened the door, and you could smell that not so old quality leather, and you saw the you saw the factory right. CB radio and the. The faux wood—it's just kind of—it's cool. It's
1: yeah. It's, I don't know. It—it it, it had the, the look of a car that you know somebody who was buying their last car bought and and you know the end came a little bit sooner than the <laughs> they they person it. was anticipating.
0: No, but they had their fair share of like you know uh, nine 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 three turbos. They had G body yeah. turbos. They they were heavy on the Porsche side too. That'd
2: be a great yeah. article for Panorama would be uh, or maybe uh, another podcast is. Be careful what you buy, because this may be your last car.
0: Yeah, you're What right. do you want to be known for?
2: Do you want to be known for a right. TVR, Rob? Uh,
0: <laughs> and the mic goes yeah. silent.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can do worse. Um, nothing
1: immediately comes to mind. But uh, I don't know. Did they also, they uh, they loaned uh, Randy Popes a 997.1 uh, Targa, which is a super rare car that you don't see very often.
0: And what did you see that car? And, and they, are, yeah, I did. And they're super smart because yeah. they knew that Randy was going to drive that and all the tours. And at the wow. last dinner, one of the gentlemen at uh, my table was like, Hey, did you see the car that Randy was driving? That's a Targa. And I had to show Randy how all that worked. And then I saw how great of a condition it is. He goes, I think I'm buying a car. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the folks at thought up, well played, well played. There you definitely know Randy won that. Oh yeah, uh, really right. in, in, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those cars are neat too because it's, you know, it's only really not all with a hatch. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, it makes you think, man, that would be kind of nice if, you know, if every, you know, it makes it so much easier to load stuff. They all should have it. I agree. Yeah. yeah they exactly. all should have it. I mean, it's, you know, um, yeah, I was explaining that to Randy. It's like, hey, you know, this is, <laughs> if you want to load stuff in the back here, this is actually a hatch.
2: Not a big fan of the big sliding roof, but, uh, the hatch should definitely. That should have been a standard. Yeah, the, the all, hatch you know? is cool. So the next yeah, uh, couple
1: like the of hatch, uh, it's like the other things, like the the, the 4S, you know, rear reflector. You know, you could probably do a short article on things that special 911s had that they all should have had. You know, rear reflector hatch. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You know, come up with three more. So the next couple of trepins, Yep. Um, they announced two more, but uh, the next immediate one is in April twenty seventh of next year. Broadmoor ooh, another bucket
0: list. Yeah, uh, facility as well as drink. I, I know you trying probably go rooms. to that
2: and they'll, uh That's only uh, two the, and a half hours Broadmoor from is, the Stanley the
0: School, the Stanley Hotel. Where the Stanley Hotel is shiny. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: why? Why, why yeah. Do you look at me when you say that? <laughs> Don't I'm not staying at. <laughs> why do people want to stay at creepy places? They they title creepy uh, places yeah. quaint, and then like, they want to like, stay there. I'm not going to say that.
2: That would be awesome to do a, a side trip to uh,
0: but the Stanley to mark, see what you are doing. here. Mark calendars. Stay tuned on eBreak News. Look in on the website as well as in uh, Panorama for the upcoming dates. So registration dates is probably the most important date, yeah. not the date of the event, because they will sell out. For but the they're bottom. also
2: going to they announced uh, Bend, Oregon, Sun yep. River, uh, September fourteenth, oh, yeah. yep. and uh, for those uh, people from Atlanta, they're going to the it's at Barnsley Gardens.
0: Yep, September in, of 2023. Oh, April. In April. Yeah, April twenty twenty. 2023. And what's going to be nicer is I'm sure we're going to do stuff together at the PEC in Atlanta. Um, I can only imagine the amazing food that Atlanta is going to be serving up. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Right. And the one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, you get outside the perimeter highway, you, know, you go north of Atlanta about an hour and the roads get really, really
0: good. Mm-hmm. So, also, uh, fall events. Uh, Unstock has sold out in terms of display cars. And then the LA Auto Show uh, preview, the morning preview on that Friday, that has also sold out. Unstock, uh, first event for us. We talked a little bit about it on the last podcast. I'm very happy that the display cars has sold out. Manny, you've seen some of the cars that have been submitted. What are we looking like? I know we're going to have, like, a... RWB. We'll have singer. We'll have, of course, a, a few Gunther works car. Yes, what, so
2: I found that when you ask the question, that's how you become registrar in PCA. I <laughs> ask <laughs> yes, the question. Next thing I know, I'm overseeing the entrance coming in. Um, Man, Manny, was, have, Manny was, was voluntold. <laughs> two and four doors. Some uh, cool. Uh, uh, the four door Porsche are coming modified. We're
0: going to get any like jacked up uh, Cayennes.
2: And that stuff? sounds like it. Yeah, Sweet. yeah, from the descriptions. Uh, we were doing these really cool signs that uh, you've probably people have gone to works reunion have seen mm-hmm. them, and we're going to have them for our own stock
0: as well. Any but, Tycons, have you seen uh, the I uh, Don't believe in any Tycons yet. Ooh, we yeah. got to find one because we had a nice modified Tycon for works reunion, Amelia Island, and that yeah. car had a crowd around it pretty much the whole time.
2: Yeah, at the Boardwalk reunion, there was
0: actually two of them on the boards. Mm. So, pretty cool. Very cool. So uh, we will have also some really beautiful uh, street art that will be on display at Doonstock. Uh Even though the display cars, uh, spots for that are sold out. As far as attending the event, it's free to come participate and have fun. So for those of you that will be in the Southern California area, we'll be in Huntington Beach November 14th. Come on out. It's free. We'll have food trucks. We'll have music. We'd love to see you and support This new show that has a a spotlight on PCA members' cars that are modified, and And we've never done that before. judging.
2: It's just uh, no judging. Come out, hang out for uh, a
0: little bit, and enjoy the cars and people. Absolutely, absolutely. So, speaking of designs and art, uh, I got my copy of the October twenty twenty one panorama. It is beautiful, Mister Sass. It's perfect for the colorblind people. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: It's, it's pretty to me. I don't know. So so for those of you that don't know, Manny is colorblind, and uh, I have no idea what this cover looks like to him, but to me, it is gorgeous. It's reds and blues and yellows, and it's I think it's one of the art cars from Parade, isn't it? It's one of the there.
1: art cars, yeah, Okay. that uh, I think we shot at, uh, at Parade, actually. Nice. Yeah, no, it's a a good cover, but um, uh, yeah, this is also kind of the the DIY themed issue. I think anybody who's been sort of paying attention is, you know, we do three or four themed issues every year with, with Panorama. And this one really featured DIY projects that go in degree of difficulty from doing a console delete and painting your center console on the 996 to doing major rust repair and welding. Uh, and, and that was the story that, that really just blew me away. That was Chris Cool, who had never done sheet metal work before, had never done uh, welding, and started out thinking he was just replacing the uh, uh, suspension pan of his, I think it's a 70 or 71 911E. And he got into it, and it turns out that the battery boxes are bad and, and the inner fenders are rotten and everything else. And he winds up having to cut away almost the whole front third of the car putting it back together straight and everything else. I mean, it's one of the most heroic DIY things that I've ever seen. And, and you know, Chris did it uh, just about all by himself. So the story definitely worth reading.
0: So Dam- Damon just joined us and Damon's pretty close with uh, Chris. Is this the first time he's done something like this or has he worked yeah, so on?
3: Chris is uh, he does a lot of DIY work on his car, but as Rob said, this was the first time he went as far as, um, Uh, body work, welding, you know, and really digging into the car and cutting it up. And um, something that I remember him talking about with me is that some of the brand new fenders that he bought, I believe from Porsche Classic, they don't fit perfectly. So imagine going into this thinking that you have these brand new fenders, they're going to fit, and then you realize, nope, you got to do more cutting, you got to do more welding. Is it because and, the
0: panels didn't fit,
3: or is this car? It was might be twisted. just the car's—you know—probably yeah. got a lot of miles on it, and he really uses it. So, um yeah, no, no yeah, huge undertaking. I
1: mean, the the fenders are, are, you know, are I think probably popped out of the, the original tooling. So, you know, but it's just a question of of you know just getting everything lined up properly. And these, you know, exactly. let's face it—I mean, these guys were kind of handmade cars anyway, so I'm sure. You know, at the factory in the 70s, there was a lot of, of, of trimming and fitting and, and things that went on to get those panel gaps that, that you see that are, you know, that are just about perfect on those cars. But, yeah, you know, it's amazing. Seriously, imagine, I mean, this is a car, we all know what long prices prices have gone lately. It's hard to find one that's worth, you know, much less than $75,000. So, I mean, it's a valuable car, and he's just, you know, taking a sawzall to the front third of it. I, I that would have scared the hell out of me. I, I oh, yeah. my um, but you I, know, the I'm, amount of respect that I have for Chris. You know, undertaking this and 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 not throwing up his hands when he saw, hey, this is more than just a suspension pan, which quite honestly is scary enough because of everything that attaches to that piece. You know, doing that right. So uh, I, it's I, a great story. I, to so read.
0: much, so much respect for him for doing this. But I think this is probably the only way someone you know he's fairly young and you know i I don't know his financial situation (laughs) unmarried family yeah and it's like (laughs) right this is the the only way behind it this is the only way someone young and maybe not completely wealthy is able to own a long hood these days Is you gotta make the freaking car yourself
1: yeah lack of means is a powerful motivator and that's that's you know, basically what Chris said. So, wow. I mean, that, that's exactly what I did. Much himself. respect. But, you know, much
0: respect. I mean, yeah, just looking at the photos of yeah. panel here is just there's some ugly sheet panel that he had to cut out.
1: Right. Yeah, and I mean, I sweat enough just doing a console delete and painting the console. And here's Chris. Yeah. You know, so let's kind of like, let's transition from this car.
0: massive job right. to your little cute project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your cute project of sprucing up the interior of this. Nine nine six you once had and and uh, you color matched it uh, guards red and that's yeah. it's actually a cool upgrade I make fun of you that was a cute project but it's a cool it project.
1: is but I mean it, it goes back to what we just talked about earlier with the you know the, the hatch and the the targa and the reflector strip on the 4S. S like another thing that that they all should have come this way I mean the the you know they've got um without that that center console which in my case held a bunch of CBs you know, uh, uh, containers which were fairly useless.
3: Is that sort of a GT3 um, that, sort of look?
1: Yeah, exactly,
3: exactly. But without
1: that, you get really sort of a floating dash of, you know, of an SC or a long hood, you know, and you get some extra knee room, and and it just it looks good, and it's relatively simple to do, and and fairly inexpensive. Although I have to say, the one thing that that just you know that that cracked me up about the project is. The the console delete piece that, that actually goes in uh, in place of your console is a carpeted piece that, that basically fits up against the firewall. Um, I guess it gives you know some you know retains some some structural rigidity or something, but it's you don't see it because it 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 fits way up there and it's it's carpeted dark and everything else. But the finisher piece, that's like two hundred and twenty five or two hundred and fifty dollars.
0: And you get that what it from Porsche it come Classic. With, does
1: that come from uh, Porsche yeah, Classic? Yes, it's from Porsche Classic. You okay. can get it from Suncoast, uh, Pelican Parts, uh, you know, a bunch of different places to get it. But mm-hmm. what the console delete kit does not come with is there's a like a trapezoidal shaped finisher piece that goes right in front of the shift boot. Mm-hmm. It's a little dark gray piece of plastic that finishes everything off. It
0: doesn't that thing come is with
1: sixty five bucks.
0: It doesn't come with that.
1: It doesn't, the kit doesn't come with it, it just comes with the, you know, the carpeted uh, oh. upright piece. The finisher that goes in front of your shift boot is another $65. Oh.
0: Now, I notice also the so, armrests you have, there has the red stitching. Is that a, right. something you yeah. upgraded while and, you're and at- honestly, that was just something that I, I found on, on eBay, but it was, that
1: was $25, and it was really, actually, very nice. Decent quality piece of leather. Um, with, with red stitching that sort of pulled in the, the console that was color matched and everything else. And that was really easy to install. I mean, it, you essentially just, you know, remove the armrest and there's a black, uh, finisher on the bottom that screws in with like four torque screws. And you don't even have to use adhesive. You just basically stretch this over the armrest and then put that finisher piece back on, which, which, you know, keeps everything taut and, 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 uh, uh, everything else, so that was that was really easy to do. And uh, shooting the console was nowhere near as difficult as people make that out to believe either. I mean, um, you know, if you take to a body shop, they'll charge you eight hundred to thousand dollars to do it. You can do it yourself for you know, yeah, probably but the finish is
0: different. I love you, bro, and you tried real hard, but I can tell the finish of a spray bombed piece versus a pro body shop. Yes and no. The fact
1: of the matter is, <laughs> I don't know how close you looked at it, but I mean, it was. It looks good. You know, don't get me wrong.
0: Well, you can tell the difference.
1: Yeah, no, but I mean, it was. It was. You know, it was two-pack clear. The stuff yeah. that you know that with the red button on the bottom, uh, that's that's got a hardener in it. That mm-hmm. you
0: should be super careful with. Did you with Did you thing. get a extra center console? Because the one that was in your car had like a bunch of drywall screws on the side of it.
1: I did, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I um I, I tossed that, I got a new center console. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, the thing that's a real that's a pain in the, the ass about it is that soft finish, you know, dark grey paint that's on it takes a lot of time to remove and sand off.
0: That pebble finish? So, yeah.
1: Okay. You know, that is where the majority of time is spent in, in doing that. But you know, once that's done, it's it's pretty straightforward, you know. Primering, um, base code, and then clear code, and then um, color sanding and, and buffing it.
2: But you, you've sold this car already, right? It's gone.
0: Of course. So yeah. how, how long did you um, did the paint dry before you got to worst, enjoy it?
1: I I, I had the car In the for a year and half, and, to, and honestly, but I'm talking about it's the, the, the worst the, the, case the console of <laughs> It's, it, well, you know, it's car delete now, but I mean, it's the worst case of, of seller's remorse I've had in a long <laughs> time. It, it really is.
0: So um, all in, all in how much was this project, roughly? Your wife's not listening, so go ahead. Uh, 300 in
1: parts and probably another 80 in materials. So, oh, you know,
0: under $400. Not bad. It, yeah. does, it does look very cool. It, it's a lot of eyeball for, for $400. So another big... Big article I see in here, and I know Damon put a lot of time and effort to it. <laughs> yeah, and we'll move into let's call this uh Damon's Cayman Corner talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> Update on the Up latest. On the latest. <laughs> uh, I got
2: it. Yesterday we were talking because I think we got the new the uh, new issue in the office, and uh you know we went l- look at it, and I had my two page uh, technical article about the Turbo uh, Cayenne Turbo GT, mm-hmm. and of course uh, Damon squashed that with his tall page. I have a tall page <laughs> <Yeah>. article. <laughs>
0: Well done, man. Uh, we yeah, haven't yeah. had this large of a DIY spread, I don't think in some time, right, Rob?
3: No, we haven't Yeah, um, but... yeah it was a, a fun time doing this. you know I've, I've done suspension on I've done suspension on a, another car, uh, my Volkswagen golf, um, but never on a Porsche, and you know this is one of those cases where I wouldn't be able to afford to take it to a shop to have it done, um, but I could afford to do it myself. Um, so that's where that came from, just like Chris and his body work. Um, but yeah, I went with a set of Olin's road and track coilovers and, uh, front camber plates and Olin's rear shock mounts. And I have tarot 997 GT three front bar and adjustable rear. So it's a pretty well set up, um, suspension. And I can only hope that I don't ruin the handling balance by making adjustments, but, um, you know, it'll be a long road until it gets exactly where I want it. Um, but yeah, I've driven it, driven, driven it at a few autocrosses since doing the suspension change, and um, actually, one of my benchmarks for a long time was uh, in this past year before the upgrades, Boo had been beating me by about half a second pretty consistently. So, um, he's only been at one autocross since though, and I beat him. I'm gonna let like him a a enjoy second, what so he he's scared thinks. away
0: has been his improvement.
3: Oh, I don't think you can catch Damon anymore oh, without spending oh, some
2: money. We'll see. Oh, Damon hey, has the, passed the, Manny, come on. He's, he's looking at Mike Tabner
0: right now, oh, not Vue uh, Gwain. Oh, he's not even looking at me anymore. I'm not even the goal he surpassed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've only been at one odd across together and you got me by half a second. Yeah. So there's still some hope for me. I think I got... That could have been a fluke. So I, I've still got some... some you still some have better, better hair. So it makes you <laughs> feel better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nothing yeah. not about the shade throwing, but... Uh, it, all, it really also should be noted the car looks really good now. It's um, it's making it me does. realize how truly atrocious uh, the the factory ride height is on on my nine nine seven base carrera. So and what that. I what and, I like about
0: yeah. this you know Damon's corner so to speak is uh, a lot of a lot of members out there are really kind of relating and waiting for him to you know see what what's next in the car and um, yeah it's cool because. You know, we're, we're, we're being PCA we are just we're notably kind of 9/11 heavy right so now he's he's bringing more subjects and topics related to the the mid-engine platform which is really cool
3: yeah so this panorama article was more about just an, an overview of what I did with some with some tips and uh, my impressions of the car afterwards but um, as part of this article I also filmed a couple of videos one of which was released in July and another which was released Last week, um, one uh, one video. If you go to pca.org/news/cayman-shake, you'll see the car tested before the suspension was changed and after at Olin's USA's uh, facility in North Carolina. Uh, they have a shake rig, which just a really impressive machine that tests suspension. Um, and if you want to learn how to change your struts in uh, a 987 Cayman or Boxster. Uh, head over to pca.org slash news slash Cayman dash coilover. And uh, there's an hour long video, really long. But if if you want to install these, a set of coilovers yourself, really recommend watching it and taking the time and and seeing where, what I did, what I did wrong, and ultimately succeeded in uh, installing the new suspension.
0: Now, I got to drive your car uh, when we were filming the the shaker rig video, mm-hmm. and I was so impressed because I heard about you can you can share the the spring rate difference between the factory mm-hmm. rate versus what was uh, installed onto your car. But when I took it out for the drive, it was still very much streetable.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, what's funny is uh, so the spring rates are about twice as much on with the Ohlins. Um I would have to. I should have these numbers in my right now but I believe it's 400 pounds front and 458 pounds rear and it's roughly twice the spring rate as stock uh, my car was non-passim so analog shocks um, and when I drove it I felt like it it had the feeling of a GT car like a GT3 like a 997 GT3 or GT3 RS with how it felt in the sense that it was it was stiffer for sure you know if you don't like stiff cars it's not for you but it was still compliant um, and it was still comfortable for me and uh, when Vu went out and drove it, I didn't tell him what I thought about it and he came back and said the same thing mm-hmm. and, and it had a GT car like ride
0: and it still had yeah a GT like ride very still very much compliant it was stiffer but not uncomfortable but what I was really impressed was your car was solid like you know how some cars mm-hmm. when they lower it or do like heavy duty springs you feel like you're riding in a bucket of bolts, and your car was still very tight. All the panels, nothing was rattling. and
3: I can say since then, oh, I think great. there's some since rattles. Since then, he Th- has messed up his car. Now. No, 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 no. But I think uh, things have settled, and my car definitely makes some, some new creaks that I hadn't heard oh, before. Yeah. So, uh, but it still feels great. So that
0: half a second that you were searching for to catch up to me, I look at this parts cost mm-hmm. total. So for half a second, it only cost you five thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars,
2: <laughs> <laughs> which is really cheap oh, when you on. consider
0: people buy GT3 RSs to get that
2: half second. <laughs> that's right. Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah. No, it was worth it for me. And you, you can actually, you don't have to spend that much money on on parts like I did. You know, they're perfectly good. Um, Bilstein B8 sports struts, you know, paired with H&R or iBox are, are a great setup as well and, and a lot cheaper. Um, Bilstein PSS-9s as well, um, very good coilover setup um, and still cheaper than the the Olins And you don't have to go with camber plates. You don't have to go with uh, uh, the spherical bearing rear shock mounts. You can go with the stock items as well if you want to keep a bit more compliance with, uh, with the ride of your car. So you can definitely do this for cheaper, but I really was... I wanted the best performance that I could get.
0: No, definitely the the, the the Olin system, the quality of the parts, you know, it's top notch. Yep. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's starting to get cold here in Maryland. So if I'm slower than you, if we were to go to an autocross today, it's because of the temperatures, not oh, because yep, of my uh-huh. driving or my car. <laughs> so we're going to have to start this rivalry back yep. up next year. Hopefully we'll ha- I'll have some more time behind the wheel. Yep. But um, the car's turning out great. Keep it up. Um, what's going on with um, digital media and upcoming videos? Uh,
3: yeah, so uh, a video that we'll be coming out with uh, pretty soon here, probably in the next week or so or within, within seven days, is uh, a panorama writer, Bruce Sweetman, um, was able to schedule about half an hour with the designer of the original 986 Boxer, Grant Larson, while, while we were at Parade. And um, so Grant takes us in a walk around of a, an original Boxster uh, owned by a local Maryland member uh, Lee Raskin, and talks about some of the controversial elements of the car and, and why those decisions were made, of uh, the thought process behind designing the car, um, the favorite his favorite parts of the car. You know, so if you want to learn what Grant Larson likes the most about the car he designed, watch that video. Um, yeah, very very good video there. Uh, we'll have an exhaust video. We we filmed some cars at Parade, uh, started them up, a bunch of different 911s and air-cooled cars. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, to hear what they sounded like at idle on cold start and with a couple revs if the owners were willing. Um, so, yeah, we have we have a video coming up, you know, every week or so.
2: Yes. We have uh,
3: last Monday,
2: uh, I didn't realize our office was closed, so I scheduled a... Video shoot.
0: We, <laughs> close. we never closed. We never closed. Took
2: everyone's Monday uh, and and, and uh, told them they had to work, unfortunately. Uh, but it was uh, Nathan Mers who's on uh, Tech Tactics Live a lot. He's the um, valuation chair. And Nathan uh, will be on the next podcast, I think, to tell us about his adventures. Because he has not made it at home yet. He's making this into like a two to three week uh, with the Stop a Treffin mm-hmm. um, adventure with his wife, uh, but he bought a hot rod uh nine eighty six with the um 3.6, 3.6, three point four three point uh, three six three six three six nine nine six, 6 yeah. engine for mm-hmm. a two thousand and three um base boxer mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um anyways, the video is about uh uh what to look for how to prepare your car when you've you know bought a car from out of state and you're gonna drive it back home you're not gonna ship it you know what you can you should look for before you make that trip you know basically uh you're there you bought the car already. What are you going to make sure that... Uh, what are you going to look at to make sure you make it home in one piece? So, uh, yeah, Damon videotaped that uh, a couple weeks ago, and hopefully that will be coming yeah, out. Yeah, and I uh, saw
0: Nathan and Susie, they were at Treffen. They were having a blast. This was a first time for them at a Treffen as well, where, you know, he wasn't waking up at the crack of dawn, worrying about conquering the car or some sort of competition. They were just, you know, top down, enjoying the weather. The cars seemed to perform flawlessly. He was He was so enamored with it. He was... You know, telling everyone about it he was worried that he was going to end up selling the car before they actually get home so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave you all with that um, we're at the end of our hour here on podcast number two um, Porsche Club Insider thank you for uh, keeping us filled up with coffee uh, coffee bar Bel Air and thank you to the guys at 5 North Main podcast studio in Bel Air Maryland got Leaf behind the controls uh- thank you Leaf and Chris was around here as well he's somewhere floating around Uh, next time we'll see you on the third podcast. And if you enjoyed it, let us know. And if there's some topics you'd like us to, uh, to hit upon, let us know as well. Take care, everyone.